some interesting uh, research that's being done that uh, I want to talk about for a minute here. Um, Think about cannabis, and there's a growing list of medical reasons that people use cannabis, right? And uh, it seems like, you know, every week or every month we're hearing about another way that cannabis could be beneficial in in treating this, that, or the other. But one of the major roadblocks for a lot of people is um, the side effects that come with cannabis. The most obvious one, of course, being you're going to get high, and it's going to leave you impaired. And for a lot of people, the trade-off just isn't worth it. So there's some work being done right here in our province that may make that uh, a thing of the past. We're going to talk now with Dr. Jason Dyke, who is a professor of pediatrics and a director at the Cardiovascular Research Center at the University of Alberta. Doctor, thank you for your time. I appreciate you joining us. No, I'm glad to be here. I can see that, you know, no matter how effective... Uh, marijuana may be in treating, you know, this condition or that condition. For a lot of people, just the fact that it's going to leave you impaired and stoned is going to be something where they're saying, you know what, it's just not worth it. I mean, how common is that? Well, it seems to be quite common. I mean, the the two active ingredients that you hear people talk about so much, THC and CBD, you know, one is the high and the other one is more of a body high. Yeah. But together, they seem to have the most benefit in terms of treating uh, pain. So... Again, as you mentioned, the downside is, in fact, uh, getting stoned and not really being able to, well, not being able to drive, yep. can't go to work, you know, those type of things. So it's it's a trade-off. Certainly having the pain under control is, is a significant win in that category, but being just at home and not being able to engage in society is, is a significant uh, uh, loss in that regard. Yeah, so the work you've been focused on is trying to find a way if there's well, really a way to get the best of both worlds, right? Where you get the medical effectiveness and reduce the impairment? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's a, it's a long journey, but certainly we need to start somewhere. And um, Alberta Innovates funded us to do some research and try to understand what is the most effective, you know, it's actually cultivar, people call it strain of cannabis, but whatever the, whatever the terminology, find whatever works best as far as maximum pain management and minimum uh, cognitive impairment, and so that's what we sought out to do. And uh, we started in, in actually in zebrafish, which is, is a really quite distant um, yeah. to to humans. And now we're moving into rats, and what we're seeing is is rather rather informative and and, and exciting. What are you looking at specifically? If you can really dumb it down for us, so we have some understanding of, you know, is it a, is it a a process of metabolism that you're looking at, or is it just different genetic characteristics of people, or the drugs that you use, the doses? What what exactly are you looking at? Well, right now our focus is on looking if we can identify, first of all, what is a marker of cognitive impairment. And it's not so much about are THC levels high, and if that's the case, you're impaired. Because that's not that's not obviously not the case, sure. because people have different sensitivities. Somebody could take the exact same amount, have the same levels in their blood, and one would be completely stoned, if you will, and the other one won't be. So yeah. um, having that is is not as interesting to me. It's just what does the body do with this once you take consume this oil, cannabis oil or this extract? What how does a how does it change your overall body metabolism and 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 the way it processes things? And what we're finding is taking blood from from these these rodents is that um, associated with cognitive dysfunction and impaired motor skills, there seems to be a metabolic fingerprint that tells us tells you from the body um, that. And again, these are completely unrelated to THC or CBD levels. It tells you um, that you know one might go up, a couple might go down, but that fingerprint, those that 
that um, profile is consistent across all, all the ones tested, and it will tell you as a marker that this would be, um, this is cognitive impairment and others aren't. So, I mean, you can think immediate use would be maybe a roadside roadside testing sure, yeah. to find out impairment that has nothing to do with THC. Um, but we're interested in then being able to use that tool to find out cognitive impairment to then say, now can we start tweaking doses, maybe lower the dose of THC slightly, increase the other cannabinoids, maybe even add other products that can help combat uh, the THC levels with the ultimate goal, as we mentioned, getting pain management without being cognitively impaired. Interesting. That's It's fascinating. How far down the road do you think that might be where you get to a point based on this research where you can say, okay, we can, we can dial this into the point where it's much more accessible? Well, within the year, we're already starting trials that we can, again, experiments in rats, we can start, we're already doing a mixing and matching and trying different combinations and also adding different supplements, which have been known to combat what we're seeing with the impairment with THC. So we're already starting those and testing those in animals, but in that stream, so that's one stream. The other stream is to be able to move it to, advance it to humans. And fortunately, we're in Canada where it's federally legalized. So doing these type of trials, I'm sure we'll have no shortage of volunteers signing up, (laughs) Um, student volunteers potentially, maybe, (laughs) you know, or or the community volunteers who want to be engaged in in a cannabis study. And just to try to prove that is in fact the same uh, in rodents as it is in, in humans. So that will be our first step. But again, these can happen in parallel. Doctor, that, that fingerprint that you're talking about, I'm wondering, because when it comes to drugs, we know that our tolerance and our ability to ingest certain amounts changes the more we do it. Does that fingerprint change or is that sort of a blueprint that you can sort of look at as being fairly steady and consistent? Well, the short answer is we don't know yet. Okay. Uh, certainly, the identification was the big step forward. Now we need to get to the subtleties and nuances that you're that you're referring to. Um, but one one of the ones is, which is really quite I, I find fascinating is that there's a a molecule called sodium butyrate, and it's a short chain fatty acid that that you can get dietary sources of it, but it's also produced by your the bacteria that are in our intestines. And those have been shown to what they're producing has been contribute to overall health. And one of them, this, this butyric acid, it's um, down-regulated in people who are animals that take THC. And so the idea would be if we could supplement that back, which again, you can buy these sodium butyrate tablets at health food stores, and it's been shown in, in humans anyways that that by itself can improve your cognitive performance, um, that maybe that would be one of the new formulations that we could develop, a cannabis-based pain management that supplements with other ingredients, in this case it would be sodium butyrate, to see if we can improve your cognitive performance and maximize pain management. So there's so many different directions that we can go just by identifying this these, this uh, metabolic fingerprint. So we're, we're rather excited. It opens up a, a, a huge door of yeah. research for, for us and others, I hope. Yeah, lots of different avenues to explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for your time today. Interesting stuff. We'll, we'll check in as we go along and see where you're at. Okay, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. That's Dr. Okay, uh, Jason Dyke, who is a professor of pediatrics and the director at the Cardiovascular Research Center at the University of Alberta.